Hello and welcome to this Saudi review uh, episode. I think is it four now, the Motorsports Week podcast. I'm joined by the usual guests, Jez and Lewis, this week as always. Uh, and we're talking about Saudi Arabia, where Sergio Perez got his fifth career win. And, you know, it was pretty comfortable, wasn't it? And obviously a one-two for Red Bull. I'm pretty sure, once again, Jez is very happy with that. <laughs> buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. I can imagine Lewis not so happy with Mercedes. I mean, it wasn't the worst weekend for them. George getting it P3 qualifying, but then obviously in the race, didn't really have the pace ending up. Was it uh, P4 and P5? P4 and P4 ahead of the head of both of the Ferraris but you know it's just from you know being world champions you know a year ago well not a year ago but defending world champions a year ago and going from that to the fourth best team within the space of a year like summit summit at the Brackley based team it's going absolutely out the window man and they need they need to sort it to keep you know to keep Lewis on and George but um yeah I don't know, man. Max Verstappen, you know, he made it look too easy. Like driving, you know, finishing P15 in qualifying, it's just, and then putting it on second, it's just out of this world, man. Well, Lewis said, didn't he? It's probably the fastest car he's ever seen yeah, in definitely. Formula One. Whether that is true or not, I did, I Waffle. saw a, um, <laughs> a before and it was showing the, uh, percentages of how much quicker cars were and this Red Bull's nowhere near what Mercedes were in terms of dominance in, like in terms of the gap to the car in second so whether Lewis is just saying that is, is a bit of a saltiness you know, we don't know, <laughs> it could be but it was like a Sunday drive wasn't it B15, you know obviously Lewis we put a little TikTok and Instagram reel out with the uh, Tyson Fury <laughs> I will bet every pound that I am <laughs> 15 to 8 odds of him winning the race because I, to be honest I did think Verstappen was going to win the race and it did look easy, was it? Um, Hamilton, he, he just coasted past him, didn't he, into the final yeah, corner definitely. with the DRS. But what it, because there's not really a lot we could do. The um, what was it, aero wind tunnel penalty hasn't really had much effect on the uh, Red Bull this season. Do you guys have any suggestions of what could be done to catch them? Or I mean, is this just going to be for the I rest mean, of the season? It will, it will affect them towards the back end of the season, but they'll be so far ahead in both championships that it won't affect them in the grand scheme of things. We're gonna have we're gonna have pretty interesting races towards the back end of the season. But you know, they're a second a lap quicker than every single car on the grid. And, you know, you can't you can't do that. You can't, you know, close that gap over the course of a season. It's gonna be until next year. Maybe it'll affect them next year, the winter or time, but I don't know, man. Well, yeah, it's a, it, it was a very dominant race, wasn't it? And uh, there's not really a lot that any other team could do to get near them. I, I think Verstappen did get sort of lucky, didn't he, with the safety car? Did yeah. sort of help him out. I mean, I'm not. He probably would have finished second anyway, but I think that just made it a slight bit easier. But in terms of when drivers come through the grid, how entertaining is it usually to watch them? You know, the overtakes that they can produce and so the, the amount of times we saw Verstappen overtake this weekend, it was DRS. He's already got past him into the breaking zone, so it was literally just there was no there, like the teams were defenceless; they couldn't do anything to stop them. You know, I mean, the only uh, person that nearly did uh, well. Not really, I would say nearly did stop him. It was uh, Fernando Alonso, who managed to jump Perez at the start, hold him off for four laps, and then that was about it, really. I mean, Jez, what do you make of Fernando Alonso's weekend? And obviously, he did get a little bit unlucky with a penalty, which was a bit controversial. So, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, 
we I think we were going into that weekend saying if anyone was going to challenge the Red Bulls, it was going to be Fernando Alonso and only Fernando Alonso because that Aston Martin is ridiculously fast compared to its other competitors. And that was proven again when Alonso stuck it second on the grid. And then when he jumped Perez off the line, like we were thinking maybe we could be in for like a, a good race. Maybe we could have a, an entertaining race at the front with Verstappen and Leclerc like having to battle their way through through the field. Now, obviously, the, the weekend ended in another podium eventually for for uh, <laughs> Fernando Alonso. That that whole debacle was very confusing. But eventually he got that he got that podium. Uh his hundredth in F1, I believe. Still waiting for that win number thirty-three. I th- I do think it will come this season, but obviously not yet. <laughs> but uh yeah, it all in all, it's pretty much what you would have what you would have asked for if you're if you're Aston Martin, just be the the best the best of the rest, as in just be be third place basically, because the Red Bulls are just that far clear. Do you see them being the third, the second best team in the grid? Obviously, at the minute, Mercedes are joint with them, but I think that's just because Stroll was a little bit unlucky, wasn't he? What was the issue with Stroll? It was some Not sort really. of <laughs> there was some sort of failure with the engine. But and speaking of that issue, I did they need to pull out the full safety car for that? I think a VSC would have been enough for that, but like because because Stroll had, Stroll's engine had gone like right before I think it was turn twenty seven. It was one of the two. It was one of the two hairpins where his engine just like blew up, and then he pulled over into the escape road, and he was like he was well out of the way of of any cars. Like there wasn't really need of, any need to have a full safety car, or just, just like just put double wave yellows through there maybe. But like that was a bit a bit controversial with the safety car, I think. But yeah, Stroll was a bit Stroll was a bit unlucky with that. Probably could have bought no, it for three four. It could have been, yeah. I, I mean, I remember thinking at the time it was a bit strange. It wasn't a VSC because, like you said, it was right next to the um, was what's it, the uh, safety road on the, the side. Escape road. Uh, escape road. Sorry, <laughs> can't get yeah my words out. Uh, Lewis, what did you think about the penalty with Fernando Alonso? It was it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? Was it after yeah. the race? They gave him a race during the five second. Then they said the rear jack was touching the car. So after the race, gave him a ten second penalty. To which Aston Martin then gave evidence to show that this happened this has happened before and no penalty was given so it was retracted and then Alonso got his P3 back so what did you think about all that I mean it's a bit ridiculous from the FII having you know 30 laps to decide whether he you know gets a penalty or not and if you think about it from the checkered flag for the podium celebrations there's about there's about 10 minutes of you know time where everyone gets to do their interviews there's more than enough time to go over the race and decide whether Fernando's getting on the podium or not. You know, it's it's just a bit it's just a bit embarrassing at the end of the day. It just feels like more of the same, doesn't it? We've had this issue for years with how long they take to make decisions. And was it Carlos Sainz a couple of years ago in Brazil? The same thing. Like they just take so long to make decisions. And like as fans, we want to know. And I'm sure the drivers as well. They want to make the most of being on the podium. And then that idea that it still could be taken away from them is it's not great. But we we talk about uh, Aston Martin being second on the grid this season as the second best car. Ferrari, who obviously were meant to be championship contenders this year, have not having the best of weekends once again, finishing was it sixth and seventh. Yeah. Obviously Leclerc did take that penalty. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the safety car sort of come out at the wrong time for them, didn't it? In terms of 
I think Verstappen got the jump on them and Hamilton got in between them. And I don't know if you uh, were listening at the time, uh, uh, not Alonso, uh, Charles Leclerc's engineer came over the radio and said, um, beat Hamilton to the safety car line. And Leclerc responded with, he's right in front of me. So (laughs) again, Ferrari, another, I don't know, blunder, whatever you can call it. I mean, Lewis, what do you think of Ferrari this weekend? I don't know, man. Going into the season, I thought Fred Vasseur was going to be, you know, the Holy Cross for Ferrari. I couldn't get my words out there, but, um, you know, I thought it was going to be the knight in shining armour that Ferrari needed. But, you know, it it just goes to show that we were giving so much shit. Well, we were were giving so much crap towards Bonato for, you know, making these stupid decisions when, you know, it's it's just Ferrari being Ferrari at this point. There's no excuse. If you got a new team principal, new head of strategy, and you're still making mistakes, it's there's just no excuse for it. It's you can't you can't you can't have a scapegoat. It's just Ferrari being Ferrari. And you know, I think they're going back to their old ways, not going back to a midfield team. That's that's just my opinion anyway. I mean, I think I, I agree to you in terms of, of them making mistakes, but I think they still have that pace. Science finished P4, which was he's not the strongest out of that Ferrari pair. But was it where did Charles Leclerc actually finish in Q3? Obviously, he got the 10 place penalty. Charles Leclerc was second in Q3. Second, but yeah. So, yeah, so obviously, they have that pace in that car. If like Obviously, the Red Bulls are the quickest car, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, Jess, what do you think about Ferrari and, and in terms of going forward in the season? What do you think they can do to improve? Well, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, really. Just stop with the 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 gaff ups, like the the the, the idiot mistakes, like and try to race Hamilton to the safety car line when he's already in front of you. Like that's just like that's that's bad on the on the engineers for not being like fully aware of that of the race situation. It's just a simple simple things that Ferrari are getting wrong. I mean, like if you look at Red Bull or any other team on the grid, they're they're very well functioned. Like, I mean, they're just they they know what's going on in the race, and they're like they're making the the right calls at the right time. Ferrari just don't seem to be doing that. Even with a, a new head of strategy, it it doesn't seem to be like doesn't seem to be like they've made any improvement whatsoever. Yeah, it's a, it is a bit of a shame, as I'm pretty sure we'd all like to see Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, and I mean, even Aston Martin pushing the Red Bulls, you know, week in, week out. But like I said, it does look like it's going to be uh, Red Bull just running away with it. Uh, moving on to a topic that's been very, you know, discussed quite a lot um, the Alpine and their teammates, uh, the two teammates, obviously, childhood friends, Ocon and Gasly. I think this was the first time we saw them together on track this weekend, and there was no issues, and they both scored points. I don't know, Lewis, what do you? Think of Alpine. I mean, it, it could be Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly just growing up and having that having that mutual respect. You know, they're both Frenchmen, they're both rice winners. Why can't why can't they just forget what happened in the past, what you know, 10, 15 years ago, and just focus on becoming becoming the top team in the midfield? I obviously I don't expect them to challenge for a rice win or a championship anytime soon. But if they can, you know, keep consistently scoring points and keep consistently, you know, getting up that midfield, maybe maybe they can finish fourth, fifth in the championship. Maybe maybe even get that jump on Mercedes if they're, you know, 
consistent with it, but that's probably such a hot take for me. But <laughs> that's an interesting one. I think, like you said, they've got two race winners in that car, and they so they've got like I think we said last week or two weeks ago, they've got two very good drivers in that Alpine car. If they can get the most out of that car, then who knows, they could potentially push the Mercedes for that third or fourth in the championship. Um, obviously, we're talking about teammates. Uh, Verstappen and Perez this weekend did sort of have a little bit of a, not a coming together, but the way over the radio it did seem a little bit, you know, I don't know, like they could, as the season goes on, if they're in a championship to get, like, battling together, it could get a little bit in that uh, Red Bull garage. Obviously, uh, Jez, bit of a Red Bull fan. What are your thoughts on the two teammates there? Well, it's, it, it was a little bit weird to me because uh, obviously I am I am a very big Max fan. I might not have might not have been able to tell with the flag behind me. I, I am quite a big Max fan, so I'd I'd rather Max do better than Checo would. But obviously, as a Red Bull supporter or as a Red Bull fan, I I like the team getting one twos, being like consistently at the front and like working together as teammates would to get as many points as they could possibly get. With that being said. It's the 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 environment from Max's side. It's not really it's not really their their team. It's more like Max's family. Like we've heard Jos Verstappen, where was not expecting Perez to be on the same pace as Verstappen. So they were they were very shocked that he went on for the win. I think he came out and said they're like, I think after after the race, I think I read a quote earlier uh, today where he was saying like, Perez hasn't Perez hasn't won that many races in his career. Of course he's going to race hard for it. I think they were pretty surprised at how well he was racing Verstappen and like the the times they were getting, and the 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 whole the whole bit of the Verstappen stealing the fastest lap point off of Perez when uh, Perez was told to do thirty three zeros while Max was told to target thirty two six is very very weird. But at the same time, it's a I think it was like a very well managed race by both sides of the of the Red Bull garage to to make sure that they weren't pulling away from each other like to create that big of a gap but they also weren't like coming close enough so that they could have like a, a full wheel-to-wheel battle because I don't think I don't think Christian Horner wants to see his two drivers go wheel-to-wheel in the in the second race of the season to like fight for race wins because <laughs> it would it wouldn't look too great on the on the team if they if they collided like obviously remember Baku 2018 that was a bit of a Bit of a stinker there for Red Bull. I think. I think after that moment, Christian Horner just like didn't want anything like that to happen again. So he's just been like planted all the eggs into the Verstappen basket and just have someone there who he knows won't won't go head to head with Max, but like is there as an able deputy. He can pick up a few race wins here and there. But yeah, I hope that this doesn't boil over like a Hamilton Rosberg in twenty fifteen twenty sixteen. I hope it doesn't get to that point, but it was a li- it was a little bit like a little bit iffy from a from a a supporter's point of view. It did just seem like it was more the media, wasn't it, making the most of it? Like I know, it, like they come over the radio in the heat of the moment, but after the race, there was there wasn't like anything about it. There was it was just more the media making stuff up about it. Um, Lewis, what do you think about like Perez's chances of maybe challenging Verstappen as the season goes on? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, Perez has been a number two driver for two seasons now. And, you know, it got a little bit heated last year when Max wouldn't let him through in Brazil, even though he had nothing to fight for. But honestly, I don't know. Perez could have got 
you know, could have got sick of it in Brazil last year and just thought, you know, if I'm given the opportunity, I'm gonna put I'm gonna stick it to Verstappen and, you know, power to him. It'll create, you know, a good championship for it. And I hope it I hope it goes all well for Perez. But I don't I just don't see it happening because I think the higher ups like Christian Horner is just gonna sabotage Perez's car or put him on a different strategy like we saw in Spain last year and uh, just force him to, you know, let Max through. But I don't know. I I just think that's the one thing I don't like about F1, the politics of it. You know, it's like two boxers training in the same boxing camp and then, you know, the coach whispering in their ear right before the fight, oh, yeah, let him knock you out. You know, it's just, I don't know. I I do like team orders, but it it has to, you know, it has to be like some, you know, there has to be some leeway with it. Especially early on in the season, hasn't it? If uh, obviously there's n- there's not guaranteed that Verstappen does go on to win the championship, and it does feel like Red Bull's biggest enemies this year are themselves. So, like obviously last year, you said on about Catalonia was. I feel like that might have been because they had Charles Leclerc. They were worried about the Ferrari challenge, and it was like uh, Christian Horner put all the eggs into the Verstappen basket, you know, hoping that he scored the maximum points. But I mean, hopefully Perez can do something, and Red Bull don't try and get in the way, but. I think if it gets to the midpoint of the season, we'll we'll see them <laughs> lean more towards Verstappen as we've seen them do in the past. Uh, moving on more to like the mid-table now, mid thing. Um, Haas had a little bit of a be- better weekend this uh, this time round. Is it Kevin Magnussen scoring just the one point? Yeah, uh, yes? overtake overtaking Sonoda, I believe. Yeah, well, there you go. A lot better. I think we spoke about them after the Bahrain Grand Prix. They were quite uh, they were running last when they a, few, a bit of a strategy blunder put in. Um, but well, was it Halkenberg on the hearts in Bahrain? I think it was well? K Mag, K Mag on K-Mag, the hearts. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was he was running like a second behind, wasn't he? With like after like, the third or fourth lap, so I see a lot better for them. Pointless weekends though for three teams: Alpha Romeo, Alpha Tauri, Williams. Oh, and obviously McLaren. <laughs> Not <the> pointless <laughs> weekend. I feel like we spoke about them having. Could it possibly get worse for them at Saudi Arabia? And it did feel like that at the start. Was uh, Piastri's front wing broke? A bit of his front wing broke off, and uh, I think it hit Lando's car. And I thought we spoke about them crashing. I know it wasn't quite a crash. It was like well, how typical would that be of uh, McLaren's luck at the minute? Yeah, Jez, what do you think about McLaren this weekend? Obviously, not their another poor weekend. Let's say. Yeah, it was a very poor weekend. I think that. That lap one incident where Piastri lost his front wing and then his front wing end plate hits Lando's car is the most McLaren thing to happen to McLaren this season. Like it was just pure, purely unlucky. Like having having to pit Piastri so early and then Lando having to come to the pits as well to deal with some damage. And then in the end, they were. <laughs> I think the most exciting portion of the race was when. Both both McLarens were were trying to overtake Logan Sargent in the Williams towards the end of the race. It was it was a, a real real stinker for McLaren, really. I mean, in the end, Piastri did get did get past Sargent, but Norris still managed to finish behind him. He was I think seventeenth. I think only Bottas was the one that finished behind Norris in the in the end, like the, the classification. But like, it's it's really not looking good. Two races in having. Having uh, Piastri qualified in the top ten, didn't he this week? Or yeah, yeah, P eight, wasn't it? It was P eight, yeah. And then like, obviously he got very unlucky with the the front wing damage. Who knows what he could have done from that P eight if he didn't have it, didn't sustain damage. But he 
he did show some good racecraft. He did get past. He did make the move on Logan Sargent in the end. Got the better of a uh, of his teammate as well. I mean, it's not all doom and gloom on on that front because Piastri is showing some sort of promise. But yeah, the car is just not there at all. No, can you see them as the season goes on improving, or do you think this will just be them now for the rest of the season? So, well, I guess they did have the pace to be in that Q3, but the rate two weekends in a row, the race uh, pace has not been there at all. So, could you see them as the season goes on, maybe moving forward through the grid, or Jack, and they're just going to leave it for this year and then move on to next year? I would hope. I would hope going forward they'd be they'd improve the car because obviously when you have such a, a talented driver in. I tend to drive a pairing, I should say, with Norris and Piastri. You can't be, you can't be letting both of them suffer in a in an absolute tractor that they currently have. Like as the season progresses, I would imagine that the feedback that the drivers would give uh, the TPs and the engineers uh, would be beneficial to like pushing the car forward to make sure that they can get get closer to those, to that top ten and regularly competing for the points. But um, for, the, for the early part of the season, it's going to be a struggle. But I would hope, like later down the line, say maybe maybe after the summer break, they could be like they could be back up into more point scoring contention, perhaps. Well, yeah, we'd we'd like to see it. I mean, the more teams that can be closer together, the better. Is Lewis, what are your thoughts on McLaren moving forward? I don't know. Uh, just hearing the news that um, they're bringing a whole new car to uh, Baku. I'm, you know, pretty hopeful about McLaren. Obviously, it's not been the ideal, you know, start to the season. But, you know, a, such a talented driver pairing in Piastri and Norris, even though I don't really like Norris. But <laughs> an, an issue for another time. I see him being the dark horse this season in, in the sense that uh, they pull it back the most out of the midfield teams. But, you know, I don't know. It's It's up to the drivers and it's up to... You know, obviously, Zach Brown to, you know, sort his car out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. They have big, a lot of funding, don't they, at McLaren? And they do have some good people within the team to help improve as the season goes on. I mean, in terms of just general F1 at the minute, the first two race weekends have gone by and it has been very dominant Red Bull-wise. I, I just want to know, like, do you guys have any thoughts in terms of how to try and make it a little bit more competitive. I know there's not really a lot we can do because Rebel have obviously built that car and it's by far the best. You know, probably like Hamilton said, one of the fastest we've ever seen. Is there any sort of way that we could try, the F1 could try and make it more competitive, I guess, at the front? For the for the sprint weekends, uh, this is not at the front, this is at the back, but um, for, the sprint weekend, for the sprint weekends, do a reverse grid. And see how many drivers, see how many uh, midfield teams and you know back markers can keep the pace. But you know it'll just it'll just be that that will never happen because it'll just be the same. Max Verstappen leads by what? How long a sprint? So you know 20, 24 100. laps. Yeah, it's like a hundred kilometers. They do it. <laughs> yeah, it whatever lap that is. It'll just it'll just be the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been discussed for a while, hasn't it? In terms of uh, the reverse grid, Jez, what are your, what would your what would your thoughts be if F one were to come out this week and go to make it closer at the front, but doing reverse grid? I mean, reverse grid would be very exciting. Like, I mean, I I don't think there's anyone that would be like, but wouldn't be opposed to a reverse grid. But maybe there's a with that, 
I could maybe see like a sense of foul play, maybe as teams going deliberately slowly to start at the back of the grid to to get to start the river to start the sprint race, like the reverse grid pole, like they have in F two. Like obviously, obviously that's that's a different scenario where they have like a point space system. If you get pole, you get an extra four points. But uh, they they could be a bit of foul play involved. Like you could you could maybe see. Uh, a Red Bull, a Red Bull nineteen twenty on the back row of the grid in on Friday night qualifying, and then come Saturday sprint race, it's a Red Bull one two to start. It's there could be a little bit like issues here and there. In terms of maybe anything that could slow Red Bull down, there there isn't really anything that's like there's no like device that's really like illegal maybe or like something that other teams can't build. Like we we saw in twenty twenty with the the DAS system that. That, uh, Mercedes had not every team could could be able to implement that system to to make it easier to warm up the tires and, and such so they had to they had to get rid of it for for the remainder of the season there's nothing really like that on the Red Bull car it's just a fantastically built car by Adrian Newey and Co it's just like there's there's not really anything that FIA could step in and say right this is what we're going to do to make sure Red Bull is slower it's just they've built such a good car. It's just like the 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 other the other teams need to take some tips. Like obviously Aston Martin have taken some tips off Red Bull, obviously, because they've built a very, very good car. Obviously, it's not as good as the Red Bull, but obviously they've they've got some Red Bull personnel there. Dan Fallows is uh is he, I think he's the head uh, head engineer, like down at Aston Martin. He was obviously ex Red Bull, so he has plenty of experience of building or working with Adrian Newey to build a fantastic car. So he knows what he's doing. Maybe then other teams need to look at Red Bull and think, what are they doing to make their car look, to make their car go that fast? What can we do to somewhat imitate the Red Bull? We're gonna we're soon gonna have a a lot of a lot of Red Bull looking cars <laughs> by the time we come to 2024, I reckon. It will be there's there's not really anything the FIA can do though, could they? No, exactly. I mean, like you said, they've just happened to build this car that's just brilliant compared to all the others, and it's not. They can't all of a sudden just turn around and go, "Yeah, we're changing all the all the rules now because Red Bull are just that quick." You know, obviously, we we want to see close racing, but unfortunately, Red Bull are just they've just built that amazing car, and unless uh, the teams behind, which like Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, can develop that car to get near uh, Red Bull, which doesn't look likely at the minute because of how far Red Bull are uh, ahead, then I think we're just going to be seeing Red Bull dominance for the next couple of years, which is a shame, but there's not really a lot we can do. Uh, obviously, there's no F1 this weekend. Uh, MotoGP does kick off. There is, am I right to say, Francesco Bagna defends yeah. his title in Portimao. Lewis, I know you're a fan of MotoGP, so what, what are your thoughts going into Portimao? It'll be interesting if uh, Bagnaia can, you know, keep up the pace in dominant fashion like he, like he did last year. And it'll be also it'll also be interesting to see how Mark Marquez comes back uh from his injury. So uh yeah, we also have a NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas, I believe, in Texas, where, you know, Jensen Button, F1 driver well, ex F1 driver makes his uh looks to make his debut on is it a road course? Does it class as a road course, Jez or I believe I believe it does count as a road course, yeah. Nice one, but yeah, can't wait for that. And uh, we'll bring it. We'll bring you that next week. 
Well, I'm sure uh, if considering there's no F1 uh, race this weekend, then there's something to watch if you are looking to get that motorsport fix this weekend. Uh, but unfortunately, that is about all we have time for this week. I'm sure, well, I hope you all enjoyed it. And I guess we'll see you next week where we'll look at the Portimao MotoGP and maybe even NASCAR as well. So see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>